extension of The Pitch from Kansas City. I am your host and the editor-in-chief of The Pitch, Brock Wilbur. How is everyone doing out there? Me? Feel like I'm having a breakdown, but that's just every day, all of the time. That's where we are. We are putting the finishing touches on this year's Pitch Best of issue, and uh, boy, it was just fascinating. When I moved to the city, getting a copy of Best of uh, really let me know where to go and what to do. It was sort of it was my Bible. It was that uh, handbook for the dead for the characters in Beetlejuice. Uh, and that sort of dictated where I went for the first year. And then again, for the second, when I got the next one. Uh, and so to be making it this year uh, feels odd. It feels odd to become uh, the leader uh, that quickly. Uh, but I am surrounded by people that have lived here their entire lives and have so much to do. Like, it is. it has been wildly difficult because uh, we only have so many pages in Best Of. And we could have done triple the number of stories, just about all the things that we're excited about here. It's just, it's a reminder of what a wonderful, incredible city it is that we live in. Uh, I am having a bit of a time because uh, my wife isn't here. My wife uh, has left, not left me, but has left the city. Um, she experienced uh, a bit of a family emergency. Everything is fine. Don't, don't write in. You don't have to panic. But <laughs> we did find out about all this, uh, sort of thing that sort of turned the immediate future on its head um, while we were watching the Adam Sandler movie Hubie Halloween on Netflix, uh, which uh, just forever, when you think back on the moment, it's it's one of those things like, hey, where were you on 9-11? This is one of those things. And like, it would be weird to be like, yeah, when I found out about 9-11, I was watching an Adam Sandler movie, which is just as likely. Uh, but uh, yeah, it'll always forever be rooted in a scene that features a cameo from Shaquille O'Neal uh, and the jokes are a little transphobic. And it was, it was the moment that I was about to pause and be like, are we still watching this? Uh, and then the news came in and then uh, it stayed uh, frozen on our screen for like an hour while she planned out uh, plane tickets and so on and so forth. And then I just started, I just broke out with laughter and was like, oh, hey, like this will forever always be associated with Hubie Halloween, a movie that we are lukewarm on at best. Uh, so, uh, yeah, trauma. That's fun and interesting. What an exciting time. Uh, the The most interesting part of it is is technically that um, things are actually trending upward uh, for for this family emergency. It's a, it's a thing that like my wife has flown out to help fix, and everything is 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 good and fine, and will be much better for it. But my wife has not really left the house since I'm going to say March. Uh, she's come out uh, to walk the dog. Uh, she's come out to sit on a porch at some restaurants once or twice, like a very limited. She has been very, nope, I'm just in. That's that's all I am. I'm in. So that has created two interesting situations. The first is that the dog that we rescued uh, immediately bonded to her and is used to her being here 24-7. Uh, and now she is suddenly not here, but now I am here all day. Uh, and so the dog went from being happy to crying at the door, waiting for her to come home, to suddenly looking at me as if I had hidden his favorite toy as a punishment. So he does what we call the apology paw, where he just raises one paw and uh, up on the front and, uh, and keeps it in the air and sort of whines. It's his way of saying, I am so sorry. I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry for it. Please let me have food and or the toy back. And he just keeps doing it to me uh, until a few minutes ago where he turned a corner and started to get a little growly. I was like, oh, we've, we've reached the point where he thinks I murdered Viv. He, he thinks I've murdered my wife. Uh, we're in a, a real rear window situation here. Uh, so I've got to figure that out with the, with the dog. The other part of it is that um, Viv, having not been outside at all, has 
really kept in terms of like as safe as somebody can be. Uh, and as of 6 a.m. this morning, uh, flew out of our airport on an airplane, uh, a place where no one wants to be, uh, bouncing around uh, several airports uh, in different airplanes around the country before taking public transit uh, to get to an Airbnb. Uh, and just like it's in, in San Francisco. And it's just this this whole like laundry list of like everything that like any one of those things individually would somehow like drive her up a wall and she would in no way do it. She would not let me do any of those things. And uh, because of the situation, she's like, fuck it. Gotta do all of them. Here we go. Uh, so I, uh, I'm very excited for her to quarantine when she gets home uh, at the end of this. Because uh, I'm, I'm sure that, that that's what she'll do. Um, yeah, she seems to be having an okay time so far. And it's just sort of like, all right, uh, out in the world. I, before all this started, I used to poke a little bit of fun at her. Not too much fun. A little bit of fun. Uh, when we would get on flights together and she would wipe down everything with moist towelettes and so on. Uh, and, uh, and now, uh, she let me know on the plane today, she is... Uh, she is wiping things down less than anyone else on that flight. Everyone else is wiping down absolutely every surface they can find, uh, which, uh, yeah, right on. Uh, it's one of those things that you hope that um, we all keep doing this afterwards, that, like, we all just keep wearing masks when we can, like, in public, and no one shames you for it. Like, the, the Japanese have done it for decades. Like, it's it's not weird, like, to, to protect yourself, especially if you are the person with a cold. Um <laughs> Wiping down surfaces, just being clean. Like, it it was a shock at the start of this when the government had to release PSAs reminding people how long to wash their hands for because no one knows how to wash their hands. Or too many people don't. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Let's all remember that moving forward, we wash our hands. That's, uh, that's a big thing to take away, I hope. Uh, anyway, we have a fantastic episode of Streetwise today. I've got to get to that so I can get back to work on this gigantic ass magazine that I hope you all enjoy when it hits stands on November 1st. Um, ahead of that though, you should know, uh, check out the pitchkc.com. We have a couple of different live events, uh, the last week of October, uh, including, uh, you, you may remember that our best of, uh, event is usually a sort of a black tie affair. Uh, obviously we're not doing that in, in person, uh, this year, but we are doing sort of a zoom thing and we have some bands and some cool guests and, uh, a few excellent hosts, excellent hosts, people that you, you might enjoy listening to. Uh, yeah. So uh, you can grab a ticket on uh, the pitchkc.com uh, under the best of heading. Uh, please join us for a, a fun, weird video chat night uh, where some awards will be given out and some other wacky things will happen. Uh, this is the best we can do. So at the very least, just come join us and have some fun and have a drink and, and, and be stupid. Um, first up today, our friend Jason from Stolen Dress Entertainment is reading a story uh, by Barb Shelley uh, that ran in our issue for this month, the October issue. Uh, it's under the title Praying for Tidal Waves, but if you check out Barb Shelley's work uh, on our website, you will find that she revised the article uh, last week uh, in, in the face of innumerable changes uh, and, and the way that things have escalated that quickly. That's what happens when you have to turn in a piece a week and a half before it, it hits stands, uh, you you don't really capture the essence of, uh, hey, the president got COVID and is attacking the governor of Michigan for almost being kidnapped. Like it's it's a lot. So uh, it's 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 a uh, this is sort of a general reminder that like um, history is watching us and and we should uh, we should consider doing better. Anyway, here is Jason's reading of praying for tidal waves. Praying for tidal waves. How Embracing This Election's Blue Wave is Our Best Path Forward 
by Barbara Shelley. Kansas City, it's time to show the world who we are. It's time to show ourselves who we are. Are we the city where fans booed a demonstration of racial unity during a nationally televised football game? Or are we the city where people of all races turned out for protests and prayer vigils to deplore the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and our own black neighbors killed by police? What represents Kansas City? The hate we see on social media or the gorgeous Black Lives Matter murals painted on our streets? Here's how we resolve the question. We vote on November 3rd. We vote in numbers never before seen in these parts. Everybody votes. Just turned 18? Great. Your first election is epic. Just turned 90? Wonderful. Let's make certain you get a ballot and that it gets counted. And in case anyone thinks this is a bland appeal towards civic responsibility, it's not. This is political. We need to vote Democratic, up and down the ballot. We in the Kansas City area need to make our own blue wave, one so big and beautiful it gets noticed in Jefferson City, Topeka, even as far as Washington. It sucks that, when the votes in the presidential election are counted, Missouri and Kansas are nearly certain to be counted for Trump in the damnable Electoral College. These are red states, and we probably can't change that between now and Election Day. But don't let that discourage you. This is about us making a statement, and electing a Democratic governor in Missouri, and a U.S. Senator in Kansas. Four years ago, 60% of registered voters in Kansas City, about 130,000 people, went to the polls, and 75% of them voted for Hillary Clinton and her Democratic running mate, Tim Kaine. Not good enough. We need more voters and more Democratic votes. Same with our suburbs. Why vote for Joe Biden, a 77-year-old, gaff-prone white guy? We have a million reasons. Because he's fundamentally decent. Because he has Kamala Harris, the face of a better emerging America, as his running mate because he understands the threat posed by COVID-19, because good people will work for a Biden administration, people who care about human rights, the environment, and our rule of law, because Biden will restore our standing among other nations, because he won't consort with tyrants, and this, this above all, because Joe Biden is not Donald Trump. Who out there is not exhausted by the daily outrages this orange-haired man inflicts on our citizens, our psyche, on our notion of what America is supposed to be? If you raised your hand, you either have the stamina of Atlas or you are a Trump voter and we don't even know why you're still reading this piece. There's no place even to begin. The man lies about everything. His lies have killed people. He blatantly seeks to divide us along the lines of race and religion. He says white supremacists are very fine people. His administration rips children from the arms of parents who come to our southern border seeking nothing but safety. He wants to occupy cities with federal troops, not because he worries about the safety of citizens, but because he despises our diverse communities, our tolerance, and our ideals. Trump's Attorney General, William Barr, stomps all over our rule of law. His Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, is a puffed-up toady, unfit to be our face overseas. Anthony Fauci, one of the few trustworthy public faces left in government, has to be protected by armed guards because he speaks the truth about the COVID pandemic and his life is threatened for doing so. Trump, meanwhile, suggested that we all drink bleach. Need more motivation? Vote because Donald Trump is trying to stop you from doing so. He's trying to scare us from voting by mail. He wants to put security forces at the polls in swing states, but only in the places likely to vote Democratic. Let's hoist the man on his own oversized petard and run the score up against him. The same goes for the governor and secretary of state in Missouri. Mike Parson and Jay Ashcroft want to make voting as difficult as possible, especially in the cities and Democrat-friendly suburbs. 
With the pandemic in full swing, they had to be browbeaten into easing up on restrictions against mail-in voting, and even now most people will have to pay a notary to stamp their ballots. With COVID cases remaining high, Ashcroft persists in tweeting deceptive messages telling us that in-person voting is perfectly safe. This is the duo, remember, that wants to all but outlaw abortions in Missouri. Parson signed the legislature's 2019 bill banning abortions after eight weeks of gestation, with no exceptions for rape and incest. Ashcroft nixed any hope of overturning the law with a citizen's petition by delaying approval of the ballot language until it was too late to gather enough signatures. With outrages pouring out of Washington in an endless spigot, it's easy to lose sight of the damage that Trump's clones are wreaking in our states. All of the Republican Party is Trumpian now. Missouri voters have great Democratic candidates, with State Auditor Nicole Galloway running for governor and West Point graduate Army combat veteran and lawyer Yinka Follity running against Ashcroft. The governor's race in particular is winnable with a big Democratic turnout. And while we're at it, let's cheer for our friends in Kansas to elect Barbara Bollier to the U.S. Senate. Let's do this, people. The deadline to register to vote is October 7th. Absentee ballots are available now. You need to print out a mail-in application from the Secretary of State's website and mail it to your local election board. Or walk the application into your election board's office or satellite office. Rock the numbers, Kansas City. We have a chance to show Donald Trump's establishment in Washington and the state capitals that this region is a force to be reckoned with. Vote big and vote Democrat. Vote for a city and a country where black lives do indeed matter, where immigrants are valued, where we lift people up instead of stomping them down. That's who we are. And if that is who we aren't, I weep for us all. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as always, it is time for Nick's Music Quarter. Hello, I'm Nick Spacek, music editor for The Pitch, here with this week's local music recommendation. For Trash Compactor, the follow-up to last year's Busker's Graveyard, self-described satanic bluegrass group Johnny Lawhorn and the Pentagram String Band lean into the energetic style of roots music known around these parts as thrashgrass. Bluegrass, played with all of the fury intensity of a metal band, is the name of the game here, and the lyrics on Trash Compactor's My Sweet Satan could have easily come from an Iron Maiden album. Hell, the gimme that 666 has to be a nod to Number of the Beast, right? Think of it as the more evil, yet no less catchy, inverse to the Leuven Brothers Satan is real. It's damned fine fun, pun intended. So here is My Sweet Satan, and you can find Johnny Lawhorn and the Pentagram String Band's trash compactor at thepentagramstringband.bandcamp.com. Spell of flesh and fire. 
right, 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 right. So here is our big interview this week. Uh, I had a chat very briefly with uh, Sharice Davids, who is the representative from Kansas's third district. Uh, Davids uh, is what the the summary is always so tricky because it sounds like you're you're talking about uh, an imaginary fictional character that somebody would write as like that's what I wish my representative could be. Uh, Sharice Davids uh, is uh, a native uh, descendant, a lawyer. Uh, out of the closet, um, an MMA fighter, and is also an elected representative uh, for for Kansas. Uh, and it's just one of those things that people don't believe you when you say it. Uh, Sharice is also somebody that was my first big Kansas City interview, uh, even before I got here. And I was just like, I I love that you are running and and you think that you can defeat a Republican in Kansas. And then in 2018, she absolutely did. And now uh, she's up for election again here in 2020. Uh, so we just had a quick chat about everything that's happened in the interim, uh, things that uh, matter to her, um, and some things that matter to me. And then she uh, falls into one of my journalism traps. Uh, so enjoy that. Representative Sharice Davids, uh, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Holding up? Uh, hold, holding up as, as best anyone can. Um, I, I, I'm very excited to be doing this interview today because uh, the first time I interviewed you uh, was in your last election. It was at a time where we were still trying to decide whether or not we would move to Kansas City from Los Angeles. Uh, and the uh, two years plus since here, um, I am now a homeowner in Kansas City who runs the pitch. Uh, it feels like this has been a good period for Kansas City and, uh, and that you've made that transition easier for me. <laughs> oh, oh, good. That, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, last time we talked, you were telling me that you, uh, you really enjoyed shows like uh, Arrow and The Flash and were having a hard time finding time to watch those. Uh, did you have you managed to find time to catch up in the last two years, or have you moved on to something else? <laughs> um, I am so I'm not caught up <laughs> <laughs> on on um, not caught up on the Flash or Legends of Tomorrow or Black Lightning or I think Supergirl. But I did watch. I did. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I did watch. Um, the conclusion of Arrow, <laughs> and and that is your statement on the matter. I like I like the very political. Yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no one wants any spoilers, though. So. No. Uh, I, I guess we we will get into the the very hardcore political stuff here. Uh, what is the best barbecue sauce in Kansas City? Oh, you really are trying to get us into a political uh, hot hot mess here. Um. You know, I have a couple of favorites, actually. Uh, Slaps and uh, Jones Barbecue are the are my two go uh, my go to places. What so, about you? Oh, I can't answer that. I I I, I wouldn't get elected <laughs> back to this position. I would never walk into a trap like that. Oh my god. <laughs> Favorite player on the football team? I mean, come on now. <laughs> I will say that um, I've been, uh, you might have missed it, um, but we did do a, a, a tweet a while ago um, announcing that at some point Patrick Mahomes should run for president. I, I mean, yes, he certainly has the temperament for it. Nothing ever really seems to get to him. <laughs> we need, But we need him to continue to be uh, the best uh, quarterback in the league. 
are are the gyms in in DC sufficient for you to keep up with your uh, grueling training uh, regimen? Um, you know, it's interesting that uh, the you know the, with the with the way the coronavirus pandemic has impacted. I mean, of course, it's it's impacted everybody's lives, and um, certainly, you know, we can't. Uh, we can't pretend that it's been anything but devastating for so many people. Um, I think a lot of folks do look forward to trying to figure out ways to to do stuff that feels uh, somewhat like the life they remember um, before we were in the middle of this. And uh, I do try to go uh, work out. I wear a mask. In D.C., there's, uh, you know, you basically folks wear masks everywhere. And um, it feels like some intense training to wear a mask while you work out. It, it is like adding uh, ankle weights or something. I, I, I do understand that. Um, yeah, yeah I, I suppose that, that dovetails into the more more serious matters here. Um, I, I guess, what are you what are you most disappointed in, in our, uh, in perhaps our national and our, and our more local uh, reactions to this? I, I know that you, as, as everyone in Kansas City does, uh, you're a politician that has to deal with so even though your district is Kansas-based, you're also dealing with Missouri politics because it's part of the same city. You've got two governors here of, of very different approaches. Like, uh, yeah, what, what, what has been the most frustrating part to you? What do you, what do you hope that we can do better? What do you wish we would have done? Um, well, first I'll start off by saying that uh, I, was, I was really glad that we were able to get a number of uh, bipartisan relief packages together, you know, uh, we we passed multiple uh, relief packages um, that got some real relief to folks. Um, and whether we're talking about the CARES Act and the Paycheck Protection Program uh, funding that, uh, although it had its hiccups, um, really was able to help a lot of small businesses. Um, you know, I think that when it comes to the things that I really want to see and the, frankly, frustration uh, that I know folks in our community and the Casey Metro generally, um, and that I also feel um, the frustration about is, is just wanting to see another bipartisan relief package because this has been, well, I mean, we're in, we're in an unprecedented uh, time. This public health crisis is threatening not just our health and well-being, but also our economic security. And um, so that's probably the thing that I would that I would point to is just really wanting us to uh, wanting. I want to see the leadership of both parties uh, come together and uh, and and really get a relief package that's going to help people. Do Do you think said relief relief package is sort of uh, trapped in limbo now due to both uh, the uh, the Supreme Court stuff and uh, general election uh, protection sort of issues? Is there any chance of us seeing a bipartisan package in the next month or two, or is, or is that just going to have to wait? <laughs> I stay optimistic about things. Um, and when I say that, uh, it's not just, it's not just a, a pure optimism. It's uh, because of uh, a lot of us, myself included, pushing our leadership uh, to stay at the table um, to continue negotiations, um, you know, I think that uh, I, I think that it's possible. I think that we've already seen our parties come together 
And uh, every day that goes by, we're seeing the devastating impacts of this pandemic uh, impacting more and more people. And I, I think that we can do it. Uh, I also think that, you know, those of us like myself uh, who are in the house can, can be and should be continuing to push our leadership um, and push the leadership of both parties, frankly. And then, you know, folks also have, I know, I know a lot of people in our community have been reaching out uh, to me and to our senators to make sure that folks understand uh, the, the people who are in decision-making positions understand that uh, a, a new relief package is needed. And uh, so, I, you know, I feel, I feel, I feel hopeful about it. So the night of, uh, of your election, um, my wife and I showed up to your election event to, uh, to cover it. And we got there around like six and we were like, well, this is going to be a long night. We should definitely pace our drinks because uh, we could be here till midnight. And then uh, about like one drink in was when uh, the news broke in that it, it felt like uh, within like the hour, I was like, oh, by the way, Sharice is one. We're, we're declaring it. Uh, and we were like, oh, that happened real fast. Uh, really appreciate that, that landslide. And that feels like it was yesterday. And when I saw ads for you running for the current election starting to pop up on Facebook, I was like, oh, she must be working for like two years down the road or something. And, and it was a reminder like, oh, representative uh, terms are, are so short at two years. Like, do you, do you feel like that they should be longer? Do you feel like that you have to get into office and immediately begin fundraising again? Is it a distraction to have so little time? Well, it's funny that you, when you first started and you said it felt like, it felt like election night was just yesterday. Um, I will say that this, this two years um, has been filled with so much that simultaneously it feels very uh, fast. And also um, it has felt uh, like a, you know, like a long time. I mean, the coronavirus pandemic was of course not anything that any, you know, that we didn't know how this was gonna impact all of us. Uh, I got sworn into a shutdown government um, it has been a very um, uh, tumultuous two years for the country. It feels like, and um, the only thing I, the only thing that uh, I can really say about this first two years of uh, serving in Congress has been that uh, I've learned a ton, and I don't just mean about the legislative process. I mean about all the work that's been going on in the third district here in Kansas. Um, you know, the, the, the business community, I mean, we have a really strong entrepreneurial ecosystem, which I'm, I'm sure you've seen that during your time here, but, um, you know, just the amount of, um, of work that goes into, uh, all of this has, uh, really just highlighted for me, one, how awesome our, uh, how awesome our community is, but two, um, particularly with this pandemic, how much, how much work we need to do because we've we've seen the way that uh, our healthcare system and our economy uh, really need to be um, you know really really there's some gaps that need to be addressed uh, and I'm I've been really really like I feel fortunate and um, frankly honored to be able to serve in this capacity uh, during this time in history because. Um, 
it's been it's been a uh, it's just been such a hard time for our country. But seeing our community step up the way it has has been it's been pretty inspiring. Now, uh, back in February, uh, in a completely different world, uh, as one of our last sort of normal days, um, you you were selected to be among a group of people that escorted President Trump uh, to his State of the Union address uh, the night of. And uh, I, I remember that you were excited to use the opportunity to uh, to push him on some of his healthcare opinions and so on and so forth. Did you did you actually wind up getting any time to talk uh, politics with uh, President that night? You know what? I didn't. Um, I uh, I did get a chance to speak to um, a number of folks uh, when you go back there. Um, it's it was actually a very uh, uh, hustling and bustling uh, event, which I uh, ima- like. It's it's almost hard to imagine. Um, and uh the thing that the thing that I took away from uh from that was that you know we got to talk to um there were a number of uh people in the back uh area and uh you know we just talked about the uh guests that we were able to bring um I was able to bring a a veteran with me um uh Kyle Perlberg who had uh was to do a, a purple heart and um our office was able to help him navigate the uh navigate uh getting that because he it, he was never uh, awarded the purple heart he was due and um and you know i think that uh while of course i would have loved to be able to just make sure that the president understands that uh folks uh want to maintain their health care they want to see lower prescription drug costs they want to see um, increase access to health care. They want to see protections for people with pre-existing conditions. Um, you know, I was uh, I was able to to really connect with folks and and share uh, share the story of our um, of our veteran that we were able to uh, that we were able to bring as a guest to the State of the Union. I, I suppose it would, it would be remiss to not ask about uh, what what feels like is probably the most prominent. Uh, failure of Kansas during uh, during some of this coronavirus stuff, and that has been. Uh, do you have any thoughts on on the the sort of disastrous rollout of of unemployment during this period? Well, I have a couple of thoughts actually. So, um, I mean, first of all, we know that the the need there is um, the it, it's just staggering. We saw sure. <laughs> unemployment numbers, you know, skyrocketing, and um, and I think that the beginning of the pandemic, uh, almost immediately, we heard about the ways that the system that uh, Kansas has in place uh, really had not been updated um, or seen any real investment. Um, and the, you know, the Brownback administration was, uh, during that time was due to update, um, and improve the unemployment system and, and failed to do so. Uh, and then, you know, it's, even when it comes to our schools, we've seen the way the, you know, the Brownback tax experiment 
the failed brownback tax experiment has left our schools in a position to be less prepared, uh, less prepared for, or uh, able to be nimble and and a, uh, really have the resources that they need to address this. And so I think that um, you know some of this, some of this, I hope helps us see that. Uh, we really need to make sure that we're investing in our uh, in these really key uh, areas. Now that's at a, at the state level, but you know at the federal level, I sit on transportation and infrastructure and the small business committees. And th in those spaces, it's really important to make sure uh, to make sure that we're uh, investing in our. You know, we've we've got crumbling roads, we've got bridges that are in disrepair. Uh, all of these things are really important. Um, and as we're coming out of the pandemic and we're trying to get to a thriving economy, we absolutely need to be thinking about investing in our infrastructure. It's how we got out of the Great Depression. Uh, I think it's going to help us get set up to uh, come out of the economic uh, impact of, of the coronavirus pandemic. Representative David, uh, for, your, for your next term, what is your biggest high in the sky possible goal, the thing that you wish that like, if everything went right is the thing that you would absolutely make sure happens. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great, great question. I'm glad you asked it. I mean, uh, healthcare continues to be the top priority of, of folks uh, in our community. We need to make sure that we increase access to affordable quality healthcare. We got to bring down the cost of, uh, we got to bring down the cost of healthcare, bring down the, these skyrocketing prescription drug costs, uh, those that I mean that's that's right at the top. That's right at the top. In the final days left here before election day, what is what is one way that people can get out and help you? I think making sure like everybody needs to uh, get out and vote, and then once you once you uh, either request your ballot or if you decide to vote early, uh, make sure to encourage all of your friends and family and everyone you know to exercise their right to vote. Uh, it's a it's a huge piece of uh, strengthening our democracy. And that, ladies and gentlemen, has been Streetwise from the pitch in Kansas City. I've been your host, Brock Wilbur. Please check out what we're doing. Please donate if you can a couple of bucks just to help keep the lights on for us. Uh, check out all of our work at thepitchkc.com. Again, check out these live events and all this stuff happening for our best of celebration at the end of the month. It'll be a lot less lonely if there's just a few people here with us. We already have sold a number of tickets, so you won't be alone. But, like, let's let's try to pretend that there's something like a community again. It would just feel nice to be a little more normal. I, I know that sitting in front of your laptop, uh, in uh, as, as I will be wearing uh, a tux top and no pants because no one can see that. But uh, I don't know. It's It's worth a try. Yeah, zoom in without pants if you want to. It seems like it would be fun. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this week. Uh, please let us know if there's something you would like us to hit on. If you have authors, artists, people in your life in Kansas City that you think like, hey, they should be on this show, let me know. Let me know. Hit up Brock at thepitchkc.com. Uh, anyway, pitch in. We'll make it thank you so much.